0: What a what a joy it is to hear the fellowship of one another. May the peace of God rest in you. What a great day it's been already, and I'm excited to bring today's message to you. Aloha. Welcome to Mission Church. And last week I began a, a sermon series uh, called Living Out Our Mission, and, and I shared a new mission statement uh, with the church uh, about a month ago now that... Uh, that, that we want to learn to live in because more than just saying the mission statement or knowing what it is, it's the opportunity that we get to live it out that's what's most important. And our mission statement is to, uh, this is the first part of it, authentically love God, humbly serve one another, and intentionally share Christ. And our church board and our staff, we came together to to work on this, and, and that's what we've come to, and that's what we want to do. We want to live into what it means to authentically love God, humbly serve one another, and intentionally share Christ. And so we're taking the next, the, since last week, six weeks, to, to spend two weeks on each part of our, our mission statement. And so today, it's the second part of authentically loving God. And, and my sermon title is, is Be, Be Like Jesus. And so just keep that in your heart and your mind as we, as we move forward in, into the message but to authentically love God, that word authentic, you know, means to, to go back to the original beginnings of it, um, what's authentic. And, and so we want to go back to the or, or origin, um, to Genesis, as we did last Sunday in looking at how we authentically love God, to to know and understand the relationship that God desires us to have with him. And that's, I think, what's really key to understand is that, you know, we can choose how we, how we have relationships with one another. But this relationship that God created us to have, it's not some arbitrary thing that we, we, we get to decide what we want to do. Most people do that. But God had a plan and an intention for how that relationship would look like. And And last week, we kind of understood that this intention that God has for our relationship with Him, what was filled with purpose, and it was a calling that God placed on Adam and Eve to have. And we understand that when God sets you apart for His purpose, there's a word that we use in our church for that, that that is to be holy, that is to be sanctified. And when you look around, there's all kinds of things that are holy. This space that we are worshiping in today is set apart for God's use. And this space is holy. Right here in my Bible, it says, Holy Bible. This book right here that I hold in my hand is set apart. This is God's word. And because God set this apart, it is holy. Adam and Eve were holy. They were set apart for God's use. And you and I, we are called into the same holy relationship that that God intended for Adam and Eve to have and pass along to every person uh, that has been created. God desires a holy relationship with humanity. But as we looked at the beginning of uh, Genesis um enter into the story, the devil. And in the very beginning, we learn that the devil did something to dismantle and to corrupt the holiness and this holy relationship that God desired to have with us. And he did something, he did it, he did it like this. He convinced Adam and Eve that what God had given them wasn't enough. And when we read Scripture and we look at Genesis and we see that Adam and Eve were created in the image of God. Adam and Eve were blessed apart from all other creation, right? In Genesis chapter 1, verse 28, it said, God blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply. God didn't say, God didn't bless anything else in creation like he did Adam and Eve. And God gave Adam and Eve purpose and God called them into this holy relationship to care for creation and to reflect His presence through them into creation. God's plan was for Adam and Eve, to, for them as they were created in the image of God, to reflect God's uh, image into, into God's creation. God gave them everything. And here's the lie of the devil. The devil said that's not enough. We'll read read on. Genesis chapter 1, verse 29 to 30. Then God said, I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit with seeds in it. They will be yours for food and to all of the beasts of the earth and the birds of the sky and all the creatures that move along the ground. Everything that has breath of life in it. I give every green plant for food. And it was so. God gave everything that was in creation to Adam and Eve. And the devil came along and the devil said, that's not enough. And that was one of the great lies of the devil. God gave all of creation to Adam and Eve. And Adam and Eve had all they ever needed or wanted. And the only thing that God told them not to do. He gave one command and that command was in Genesis two sixteen and 17. And the Lord commanded the man, you are free to eat from any of the tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree in the middle of the garden. Of, uh, the, you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil for when you eat from it, you will certainly die. And, uh, and they, they, they didn't obey that rule. And they didn't obey because the devil came. And he lied to them. And, and, and I love what Jesus said about this in John 10, 10. Two weeks ago on Ohana Sunday, many of you guys were here. Uh, I preached from the, uh, the pigeon Bible, the Hawaiian pigeon Bible. And my favorite verse in the Hawaiian pigeon Bible is from John 10, 10, when Jesus said, the steal a guy, he come." for steal, kill, and bust up the place. But I will come so that people can come alive inside and live to the max. Can I get an amen? amen. Isn't that a great verse, though? And, and it just reminds us and tells us that the devil had every intention to disrupt this holy relationship that God wanted to create with all of us. He came to steal our joy. He came to kill the unity that Ohana has. This Ohana, our spiritual Ohana. And he came to just bust up the place. But Jesus said, I have come. In the NIV, he said, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Or in the Pigeon Bible, I will come so that people can come alive inside and live to the max. And you know what I think that that meant? That meant for us to authentically love God, which is what we're talking about today. Because when you authentically love God, it's it's God's way for us to live to the max. And we come alive inside. And so, church, today, I just want to let you know that, that the devil came along to steal, kill, and destroy. And then he did that by telling the greatest lie that has ever been told on the face of the earth in the history of time, what is recorded here in Genesis chapter 3, is the greatest lie that was ever told. And I'll tell you why it's the greatest lie. Because that lie is alive and well today. And that lie still is believed by people in our society and in our culture. It plagues us. Hear what Genesis 3, 1 through 5 says. Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord had made. And he said to the woman, Did God really say you must not eat from the tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat uh, fruit from the tree in the garden, but God did say you must not eat from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it or you will die. You will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman. For God knows that when you eat from it, I'm going to pause right here and let you know that the lies are coming. Your eyes will be opened. You will be like God. And you'll know good from evil. These three things that the devil lied just continue to, be, to, to, to disrupt this holy relationship that God desires to have with us. It's, 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 it's lies that still permeate today, that still is alive today. Your eyes will be opened, you'll be like God, and you'll know good from evil. Because uh, since that moment as when the devil uttered these lies, he said, your eyes will be opened. <laughs> you know what happened? We lost our vision for God's plan in our relationship with Him. That eating that fruit did not cause our eyes to be open to what God's plan was. It caused the eyes of people to turn on themselves and look at what their own fleshly that, desires are. That's, that's the opening of our eyes, and we became selfish people in that moment. Not people desiring what God would have for us. Not desiring the plan of God to reflect His, His presence into, human, into His creation. It's, it's, it, was, it was to open our eyes and say, Oh, look at all the needs that I have. And, and work to, to, to fulfill those needs. And then the second lie was that, that you will be like God. <laughs> you know that the desire to be like God is, is what pollutes our hearts and souls today because we misunderstand what, what the, 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 uh, the image of God in humanity was all about. When we see the desire to be like God, we reach for, for God's authority, we reach for God's power, and people desire those things. But that's not at all what God had intended for us as we reflect His image into His creation. It's polluted our souls. You see, God blessed Adam and Eve. You know that word blessed? I talked about it last Sunday. That word blessed is baorak. Baorak means to kneel and to serve. That's That's the... That's the example that God gave. He blessed Adam and Eve. And he said, this is, this is the blessing that you get to, to serve humbly. And that's how God came to them and blessed them. And that's the reflection into creation that God desired for Adam and Eve to have. Not what we've polluted it to be. Because when now more and more people want to be like God. Not to humbly serve but they want the power and they want the authority so they can rule and be served. What a lie. And then the last part of it, you'll know good and evil and good from evil. And I will contend with you that since that lie, people struggle to know the difference between good and evil. Somehow we have lost the sight of what God's plan is Because today, when you look out into the world, what used to be good is now bad. What used to be right is now wrong. We we don't know what's good and evil anymore. We don't know what's right and wrong in our world. This is the greatest lie that has ever been spoken because it is still believed till this very day. We think we're doing right when we're not. And the problem is, it goes back to that very first thing. Your eyes will be open, and we open up our eyes to what we want to believe. And now people act as if they're God, making judgments on their own, not looking at God's word and God's plan for life, but doing everything because this is how I want it to be done. My desires are the most important thing. And to authentically love God, we need to return back to understanding what the Word of God teaches so that we can understand God's will and live into that. And that is what helps us reestablish a holy relationship with a holy God. And my prayer is that we will have eyes to see what God's Word teaches us so we can live into that And when we live into that holy relationship that that God desired, it is then and only then that we can reflect the image of God into the creation of this world that he created. And what God's desire for humanity is, is for us to live righteously for his glory and to reflect his glory into the world. God's desire was for Adam and Eve to do that. We've established that. God's desire was for Adam and Eve because he would, they were created in His image and, and in His likeness and through that reflect that beauty of, of humbly serving into creation and reflect that. But when the devil came and breathed that lie and Adam and Eve both believed that lie, and they sinned, and sin entered into this world. So do you know what happened? This beautiful, holy relationship that God desired to have with Adam and Eve was marred. It, 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 it was blurred. And so this beautiful reflection... It's not the holy reflection that God intended for Adam and Eve to to share with the world. Now, when, when, when Adam and Eve reflected something, it wasn't God's original beautiful intention. And it was just marred. I don't know how else to say it. But thank God it wasn't broken. And thank God it wasn't lost. Because I want to tell you some good news in the midst of all this. And that is this, that God still has a desire to reflect his holiness through you and me. That, thank God, has not been lost. We serve a gracious God, don't we? Man, I'm so ex- this is This is the good news of the sermon today that we serve a gracious God, and his plan of redemption can bring us back into this holy relationship that he wanted to begin with us. We all agree that Romans 3.23 says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We know that, yeah? I see some heads nodding. Everyone should nod. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But here's where our nodding should be cheering. Because in that same verse, that next verse, in verse 24, it says this, And we are all justified freely by His grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. Amen. That's the good news of God for our lives today. We've all fallen short, but we all are on a journey of redemption through the justifying grace of God so that we can be made just as if we had never sinned, just as if that that sin that we have doesn't mar the reflection of God in our lives and we can live in this beautiful light and reflect that into the world because that is what God desires. We can go back and journey into a life of holiness Oh, hallelujah. That is is what God wants, a journey back to a life of holiness. And we're all on this journey of justification that leads us back into a right relationship with God. But this journey requires us not to be the same person that we once were, obviously, right? Something needs to happen in each of us. There needs to be a transforming work from who we were to who God would have us to be. And that beautiful transforming work only happens, it only happens when people are willing to live into the authentic relationship that God desires us to have. And allow the work of God's Holy Spirit to begin in me. and when we are we are willing to have this holy relationship with God and allow the holy spirit to say start here <laughs> cuz it's easy to point fingers outside oh they need they need this transforming work no i need it and god needs to start here and when we are transformed and changed in our character of who we are, that is when the, the, the image of God begins to reflect beautifully what he intended. And when, when, we are, when we are changed, we are changed to become more like Jesus. In the church, we call that being Christ-like. And I love this verse in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17 and 18. If you come to my office, there is a banner behind me with this verse on there. And this verse says, And thou, the Spirit of the Lord, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we, who with unveiled faces, all reflect the Lord's glory, are being transformed into His likeness with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Can I say something to you? If you have your your Bible open, or if you have your phone, highlight this. Just underline it. Make this one of the verses that you memorize in your heart. Because... That gets us back into this beautiful, holy relationship that God desires to have with us. And we, who with unveiled faces will reflect the Lord's glory, are being transformed into His likeness with ever-increasing glory by me. No, not by me, but by the Spirit of the Lord that is at work in me. This is... This is what God wants to do in us in in reestablishing the authentic relationship that he desires to have with us. To bring us back into this holy relationship, to reflect God's holiness into the world. And through Jesus, we are offered grace. We are offered forgiveness. We are given beautiful gift of salvation through Jesus. And that gift comes with the expectation that we engage in this holy relationship that God began with humanity. And he calls us back to living in this holy relationship with God. And I love the way the Apostle Paul writes about this and what he says here in Ephesians. Passage of scripture right here, Ephesians chapter 4, verses 22 to 24. You see, you are taught, with regard to your former way of life, to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires. That's the lie of the devil that he began when, when the history of the world began. Those deceitful desires. Because we look in on ourselves and we don't see the beautiful, holy plan of God. But we are to be made new in the attitudes of our minds, and to put on a new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Oh, this is, this is what the Apostle Paul was, was telling the church in Ephesus. we got to be transformed. And, and it requires a commitment from us, not to just say, okay, we're going to just live the way we've always been. We need to be committed to put away some things and to start a new relationship with God. Maybe one that you haven't visited for a a long while. Because we've been corrupted by the things of the past. Do you need a new attitude in your heart? And in your mind? So that we can have the attitude of Christ? Because like I said just a moment ago, God still desires for us to be His holy reflection into the world. God still desires for us to be in a holy relationship with Him, but we have to stop believing the lie of the devil that we're the most important thing in the world, that everything revolves around me because it doesn't. I love Rick Warren's book, the purpose-driven life, because the very first sentence of chapter 1 is worth the cost of the book. And you know what that sentence says? Many of you already know it. It's not about you. (laughs) If if, if you just paid $15 for the book and read that sentence and believed it, you can put the book away. (laughs) That's worth that right there. Save your money. Just listen to this sermon. It's not about you. (laughs) And it's not about me either. It's about what God intended and his plan for us, not not our desire for our own. And so authentically loving God is putting away our selfish desires and seeking what God's desire is for us to live into so that we can reflect God's image the way God intended reflecting his character of love and his mercy and his grace into the world. The Apostle Paul shares this with the church in Philippi. And and, and that's... this is a great message for us today. Again, another passage of Scripture. If it's not underlined yet, underline this in your Bible. If you have your, your phone open, tap it and, and, and make it yellow so that you can memorize this passage of Scripture in Philippians chapter 2. Verse 5 begins this way. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. Or in this translation, your relationships in your relationships with another, have the same mindset of, as Christ Jesus. The older NIV just gets to the point and says, your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. And listen to what Paul says is the attitude of Christ Jesus, who, being in the very nature of God, one and the same, did not consider equality with God something to grasp, but he made himself nothing. Taking on the very nature of a servant and being made in human likeness and being found in the appearances of man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on the cross. Wow. That's a journey to holiness for all of us, right there. Not not trying to be like God and grasping for all the things that we ascribe to God your power, your might, your, 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 your greatness. We, we aspire to those things so that we can be served. We want to be powerful. We want to be mighty. We want to be great so people can serve me. But that's not the attitude that Jesus shared, was it? And Paul calls us to have the same attitude as Jesus. And even though Jesus was in that same very nature, he didn't consider equality with God to be something to be grasped. He went back to that word blessed, Barak, to serve, to kneel, and lived into that beautiful way of making the image of God come through us. To be created in the image of God is not reaching up to grab a hold of what we already ascribe to God. We're called to have the attitude of Jesus. Not to seek equality with God. But to to serve people in Jesus' name. To be more Christ-like. But you know what? To be Christ-like doesn't mean to be perfect in all that you say and all that you do. If that was the case, I would fail. And so would you. To be Christ-like is more about... How we love and the intention of our love. More important than, 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 that, than, than being perfect in what we say and do is how we grow in love, how we show that love. It's perfecting how we love God and how we love one another. And learning to love the same way Jesus loved. Not just those who are easy to love, like me. I know you guys love me so much. I feel it. And that makes me want to love you back. But it's easy for us to do that, isn't it? The hard part comes when, you have to, when you're called to love people that aren't your pastor, <laughs> people that you struggle with a little bit. And those are the people Jesus loved beautifully. And can we allow Jesus to be our example in that? Be a servant of those people, to sacrifice our own pride and humil- uh, our own pride, and to be humble, so that we can do what Jesus has called us to do. Ephesians five one and two says, "Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children, and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave Himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God." We are all called. To be like Jesus and love like Jesus. And I'll make Jesus our example. First John 2, 6 says, whoever claims to live in Him must live as Jesus did. If it's this, this passage says, if you call yourself a Christian, do you call yourself a Christian? Then you gotta live like Jesus. So it says whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus did. Pretty simple. And Jesus Lived in community, just as we live in community. This community, Mission Church, right here. This is our spiritual community. And here is where we are discipled, and when we get the opportunity to disciple others. And if you call Mission Church your home, and you identify as a Christian, a Christ follower, And today, will you commit to a few things? Number one, will you commit to authentically love God and truly understand what you're being called to? To be called to commit to living in a holy relationship with God the way God intended, not the way you'd want to do it. It's what we read in Scripture and live that out and to be transformed into a person that reflects the true character of God. To, to authentically love God means to be like Jesus. The greatest form of flattery is imitation. Or the, imitation is the greatest form of flattery. Oh, it goes both ways. <laughs> and how flattering it is our lives mirrored Jesus' life, to be transformed into a person that reflects the true character of God by being like Jesus. And as we do that, you know what happens? A beautiful thing happens. Those people that we disciple, they look to us because we're in front of them. And I love what 1 Corinthians 11 says. Paul says this to the church in Corinth, follow my example as I follow the example of Jesus. Follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. Today, church, as we wrap up, I'd like to give us a a moment to pray, to think about what we're called to today. This is the living out of our mission statement. This is the how-to of our mission statement. This is how we're going to do this. We're going to live in an authentic relationship with God. We're going to love God authentically by entering into a holy relationship with Him and allowing His image to be reflected through us. Not a sinful image that's marred, because if that's the case, we're not going to be a a beautiful example of what that reflection looks like. But to be willing and humble enough to say, Lord, I want this. And start with me. There's no need to point fingers at anybody else that needs this. Lord, here am I. Start with me. I want to be the person that authentically loves God today. Today, I want to be more like Jesus. Do you want to be more like Jesus? I do. If that's you today, I want to open the altars that we can pray and ask God to do a work in you. Transform me, Lord, to be the person that you want me to be. In fact, I invite you all to stand. If you, if you sense the Holy Spirit working in your heart, speaking to you, don't fight it. <laughs> Move into it. Allow God to, 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 to do His work in you. Because that's what He wants. That's why you're here. You didn't come spend the last hour just to sing a few songs. You came to worship God and come into His presence and to respond to what the Holy Spirit is saying in you. This next song we're going to sing, it's called Build My Life. And in the chorus, this is what it says. Holy, there is no one like you. There is none beside you. Open up my eyes in wonder. This takes me right back to the greatest lie that was ever told. Your eyes will be opened. Opened only to see my needs and my desires. This song helps to lead us back to where we got to fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross and suffered its shame. Turn your eyes off of yourself and onto the one who gives us this beautiful wonder. Open up my eyes in wonder. Show me who you are. And fill me with your heart. And lead me in your love to those around me. As we sing today, as we close this time, as we worship, that's your heart. Come and pray. I'll pray with you today. Let's authentically love God. Amen.